Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, as Christmas approaches, the glossy toy catalogues are being searched regularly for sought-after toys. But my first guest, Sharon Keelty from Jiminy Eco Toys, has not only developed a business to sell sustainable toys, but is motivated to inspire the large manufacturers to change their practices and to shed the plastic-intensive image of the industry. Sharon, we'll be discussing the social merit behind your business. But first, I'd like to get an insight into your own background. Delighted to be here, Carl. Thanks a lot. Yeah, so I actually started my first business straight out of college, pretty much. I um, I graduated engineering in UCD, and I kind of ran away to China for a year just to get out of Dublin. And I came back with an idea. I had seen a performance over there, and I wanted to bring the troupe here. And, you know, within a few months of doing the research, it didn't work, but that research had given me another idea. And so I started a different business, helping Irish companies do business in China. So I was age 22 at the time. I ran that for three years, and then I went on to work for um, McKinsey & Company. It's a global management consultancy. So that was just like a roller coaster education in how the world works. And I worked for companies, but I also worked for government. And so that was fascinating. And after 13 years there, I just felt like I needed a change. And I had kind of woken up to the environmental crisis with having my daughter. It's funny how those things just wake you up. And um, and then in 2018, I left and had the idea for that turned into Jimmy. I'd like to take you back to your daughter's fourth birthday because that is what triggered the idea for a sustainable toy business. Yeah, so she by the time she was four, I mentioned that having her had woken me up to the environmental crisis. And while she was a baby and I was at home with her, I was watching documentaries and learning about the whole thing. So by the time she was four, I was very awake and very conscious of it. And I wanted to buy her a gift that I could feel good about, something that was plastic-free, because I knew how destructive plastic is, and also something locally made. I went into like a perfectly nice Irish toy store, and I actually came out empty-handed because I couldn't find anything uh, that fit both of those criteria. And I just thought, gosh, if it's that difficult to do the right thing, how can we expect people to do the right thing? You know, we have to make it easy for people. It's got to be on the shelf. The good option has to be on the shelf. It has to be at least be available. And maybe not every customer will choose it, but at least the ones that want to, like me, will be able to. And so that was what gave me the idea. I just felt like, okay, maybe I could shake things up here. And given my business background, then maybe activism through business was the best type of activism for me. So talk to us about the approach you took from there. Yeah, I, you know, a friend of mine studied entrepreneurship at Columbia in New York. And I remember him telling me a lesson he had learned, which was to fail fast, you know, to do the experiments early on that are going to really test your business idea. And if it's going to fail, just get it over with. (laughs) So I didn't bother with surveys or market research. I just got out there into my local park market, which is St. Anne's Park in Clontarf in Dublin. It has a lovely Saturday market, and I just got a folding table. I had 20 eco-friendly toys, and, you know, hadn't slept, been up all night, getting everything ready, figuring out prices, and I started learning. And I learned so much, and most of those 20 toys we no longer carry. We now have, like, 750 eco-friendly toys, but they're quite different, because I learned a lot about what people want and don't want, and also I learned a lot about what people understand and don't understand about sustainability and products. And most importantly, I learned how people shop for children. And our website is now structured around, you know, the questions people would ask me, markets, 
So give us an insight into some of those learnings. Yeah, so people these days, I I showed up at that first market with a load of loose craft materials, you know, like loose lollipop sticks and pieces of felt and that kind of stuff. And these days people really want kits. They want an in-a-box, giftable, ready-made kit to make a dinosaur or a kit to make, you know, to make a doll with all the bits that you need included. So that, that was a big learning. Second learning is how confused people are about sustainability in products. Um, I'll give you an example, Carl. So which of these things is 90% of a toy's carbon footprint? Is it the fact that it's made of plastic, you know, petroleum plastic? Or is it the fact that it's shipped 22,000 kilometers from China? Actually, um, making plastic from petroleum is so polluting that it's the plastic that's 90% of the carbon footprint of that toy. And shipping it all the way around the world only adds the other 10%. So, you know, people, so that's just one thing. So the most important for us is to, that it's a natural or recycled material. But we also, most, you know, 95% of our toys are also made in Europe. We might as well take the extra 10% when we can get it, right? So, like, that was one thing in terms of what people understand and don't understand. I'll give you another example. Um, I frequently get asked whether our bioplastic toys, so we have these kind of, they're like sandbox toys, big trucks, diggers, tractors, that kind of thing. Um, will this truck biodegrade because it's made of bioplastic? And the answer to that is no, it won't. And you wouldn't want it to either. <laughs> you know, if the child leaves their truck out in the garden for a couple of days in the rain, you wouldn't want to come out and find the truck in a puddle of biodegraded <laughs> material. Hmm. Uh, the trucks will, you know, the bioplastic is just plastic, but it's renewable and carbon neutral because it's made from plants. So Sharon, talk to us about the materials, the range of materials that you use and how you go about ensuring that those materials are ethically sourced. Yeah, so we have a list of about 25 questions that we ask every supplier. Um, we ask them like what it's made from and the answer we're looking for there is either plants or waste, you know, recycled materials. Um, people often assume that my toy store is full of wood, wooden toys, but actually only a quarter of our toys are made from wood. Wood is a lovely eco-friendly material. But the other 75% are recycled plastic, which is awesome because it's using up trash as well as having a low-carbon footprint. Um, Bioplastic that I mentioned, plastic made from plants. Uh, Recycled materials like recycled cardboard, recycled paper, organic cotton, those kinds of things. Um, So, yeah, we ask about the material. We ask where it's made. We ask what it's packed in, whether it's recyclable, whether it's biodegradable, you know, whether it's vegan whether it's organic, those kinds of questions. Um, and we list the answers to those 25 questions on our website, which is, you know, um, sadly, uh, an incredible level of transparency <laughs> for for an e-commerce business. But that's just how we roll and maybe linking back to that rigour that I learned at McKinsey. But I suppose as well as that, it breeds a level of authenticity and transparency to the business. Exactly. People, there's no surprises on our website. So about 95% of our products are sort of perfect by our standards. So they're made in Europe, which is as close as it gets for toys. I mean, we, we take all the Irish-made products we can get, but in reality, there's not that many toy makers here. So made in Europe is local for toys, and they're plastic-free, made from recycled or, you know, plants and materials, 95% of them. Maybe 5% of them have some imperfection. So, for example, they might have some Velcro, which nobody is making from natural or recycled materials yet. So that's just pla- regular plastic Velcro. 
or some of them might be shrink-wrapped, and we really try to avoid that, but the odd time, you just can't get anything better, so we might as well give people the best possible option. So for those ones, you'll see it in capital letters in the title of the product, and you'll see it clearly stated in the product description, you know, this is shrink-wrapped, like no surprises, so that you can kind of take it for granted that anything you buy on our website is perfect by those standards, unless it's screaming an imperfection at you. So yeah, we're very, very transparent, and that. Uh, people really appreciate that. We get a lot of messages of thanks for that. And Sharon, talk to us about your routes to market. What's working in that regard? Yeah, so at the moment, yeah, so it's interesting. We, I sold, we sold at markets for a year. And what we learned was that, you know, everyone, you know, everyone needs to eat today. So the food stalls of the market will always be busy. But not everyone needs a toy today. And of the people who need a toy today, not all of them are open to... Uh, sort of maybe not television advertised, you know, not a famous brand, eco-friendly toy. And so we moved online in January 2020, and that has really worked. It has meant that our community of supporters can be nationwide and not just the people who happen to be in this location on this day. Um, I would really love to also have a physical shop. I think there's something lovely about having both. Um, I just need to work on getting like the right location and at an affordable, <laughs> affordable shop rent. So at the moment, our main route to market is direct to consumer from our, our website, Jiminy.ie. But we also sell wholesale uh, to shops. And what I learned early on there is that when you're selling ethically made, you know, locally made um, sustainable products, the margins are not massive. In the margins we have to play with are not massive. And so paying like a sales agent, you know, the person who drives around and chats to the shop owners or whatever, is just not affordable for us. Um, equally, trade fairs are really expensive in terms of time and money, and they don't pay off um, because the wholesale margins for us are quite tight. So we just made our wholesale business a modern wholesale business. And before Anchor Store or Fair or any of those that are kind of doing the same thing, our wholesale business was online. So we're specialized in serving independent shops, independent toy shops, eco shops. And so they just go on our website, they place the order online. We have no minimum order quantities. They order in pack, you know, full packs, packs, pack six of that, 10 of that, which, whatever pack size the product comes in. And our warehouse dispatches it. And I'm not like manually creating invoices or doing any of that labor intensive selling the old way of doing wholesale. And of course, the toy market is driven by trends. So in the lead up to Christmas, how will you compete with the large toy brands? Mainly the answer is we won't really compete. You know, we did put out a catalogue this year. It doesn't look as beautifully designed as the, you know, as the, the sort of famous Smiths catalogue, but just as a, as a symbolic act, you know, with kind of contrast, their catalogue with ours, uh, we put one out anyway. And um, also because we were getting requests because there is that culture of giving the child the catalogue and letting them pick something they want. And so, you know, customers were asking, well, I'd love to give my child your catalogue instead of the Smith's catalogue. So we did put one out. So we do little things like that, but we also just don't, we're just quite realistic. We know that we can't. There's no way you can possibly keep up with television advertised, you know, um, movie character branded toys. And so the end game for all of this, um, Carl, is not that we are a growing niche of the market. The end game for all of this is that the big toy producers switch from virgin petroleum-based plastic, which is, you know, polluting those children's world, uh, to a sustainable material like recycled plastic or bioplastic. And they make the same toys, but just out of sustainable material. 
Jiminy Eco Toys recently won the award for the Sustainable Impact by an SME at the Chambers Ireland Sustainable Business Impact Awards. But what value do awards such as that have on the business? Being at that awards ceremony and winning that category was just, it was quite an emotional night <laughs> for me, Carl, because it was all of these, you know, chambers of commerce, it's the chambers of commerce and all of these business people and mostly big business people in the room. And it was just so touching to be celebrated by them and recognized. So honestly, the big value for awards is my emotional energy, <laughs> my personal emotional energy, because it's hard to go against the tide. It can feel tiring. It can feel like some days you just feel like giving up, you know, <laughs> because there's a reason that most toy stores are full of made in China virgin petroplastic. It's cheaper. It's easier to sell. It's more profit. You know, it's all <laughs> so it's hard to be me and it's hard to do the right thing. That's the problem. And so, like, it, it can be very tiring. And so something like that just gives me such an emotional boost. Secondly, it's just, it's great publicity. It's helpful, pu- helpful publicity. And thirdly, it gives credibility. If you're talking to someone who doesn't know you, and you can say, you know, we won this award, it kind of shows that you're not, you know, you're not like a hobby. <laughs> well, if you've just tuned in, that was Sharon Keelty from Jiminy Eco Toys. And I'd like to thank Sharon for joining us on this morning show and to wish her well in initiating change within the toy industry. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.